G'day and welcome to the Breaking Through Podcast, where we interview acts current and emerging. It's just Brenton with you this week as Nil is away, but I had the chance to interview Kairavana's son. These guys have been around for over a decade and have played some of the biggest venues with some of the best tracks. I talked to Ant from the band about their recent album, Burning Palms, and the process that they went through creating it, the different mindsets they have, and heading on the road again. We like to start off with an icebreaker, just to kind of get to know you a bit. Um, If you could only play at one venue for the rest of your career, what venue would it be? can be anywhere in the world. Sydney Opera House. Sydney Opera House. Straight up. Without a doubt, Sydney Opera House. I love how quick that was. Um, That's probably the quickest response. well, it's been one of those things, I think, for, for me, I always, it was just always, when I first went there when I was really young, it kind of, I don't know, it was just always the mecca. It was always, I remember seeing some artists there when I was young, maybe one of the orchestras, and then just seeing all my favourite artists over the years, like Bon Iver and Glenn Hansard and Nils Fram and just countless experiences I've felt emotionally moved to the core. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I think there's just no no greater spot for me. So, I mean, it depends. Like, we could. There's so many venues, but yeah, that was the first one that jumped out. That's sure. what I was going to say. You've played at like all around the world, so I was thinking it might mm. take you a couple seconds. But um, I admire that it was straight away. That was good. <laughs> straight that away. was really good. Um, now, as you guys have been playing, you know, across the world for a long time now, you guys have been a band for when did you form? Like twelve years about that yeah i think it was i think it was about 2010 so yeah something like that 2010 2011 so that yeah nearly 10 10 11 years or something so yeah which feels crazy to say yeah that. so yeah. if your band was a human it would be almost a teenager that's that's insane i've never thought of it that that's way. um that's, crazy. that's that's pretty insane um there's lots of um bodies of work that you guys have done lots of experiences that you've gone through do you have a song that you that you kind of really tra- uh, really cherish from early on that you still like to that you're really proud of now yeah I think I think there's a lot of songs that I feel like have stuck over the time we have a song that we haven't basically the last song in the set is always pretty important and I feel like we have a song called Gaia which is off one of our first records which has just for some reason we just haven't been able to write a better last song you know and it's always been that way so yeah, I feel like I would say that. I'm still very proud of playing that tune. Very, very big energy. Of it's a big energy song. So yeah, that one usually lasts. Let lands for sure. Let's um. The reason we got you got you on today, Anne, is obviously because you just released an album. Um, I've been I was listening to it um all over the weekend just to kind of really uh be prepared. That's what you got to do in podcasting. Um, appreciate. So that. let's jump into some new music. Let's go and leave it behind. First track off the Burning Palms album, also written just before the pandemic, which I really like. Um, how close was it to the actual start of the pandemic? It was actually like it was like seven months before the pandemic started. We were on tour in Europe, and I was part of a songwriting club at the time where basically we would um, have a group of us and every every week we would show up for one hour to our voice memo on our phone. We would be given a prompt, some word that would prompt the songwriting process. Then you would have to write a song in an hour. And it was basically like, you know, uh, 
didn't have to it didn't matter the quality of it it just was the whole purpose was that you were showing up to write and basically we're in munich and we're about to go to the studio to record another tune and i said to the guys why don't you go ahead i've got my own bike i'm just going to sit here because i want to really show up to this even though i'm on tour so then i showed up to that and basically within an hour had written all basically all the lyrics and all the melodies and we changed a few chords but it kind of was all written within the hour there um which was a really nice experience because i remember getting to the studio then and the boys were just about to set up and i was like oh, i think i just wrote a pretty good song and showed them and they were like oh this is sick so we jammed it that day so yeah lo and behold answer your question it was about eight months before uh, it was halfway through 2019 that song was written well wasn't uh, yeah because it started 2020 so i'm just i'm all over the place i remember yeah. hearing about it first like end of december or something going oh shit this this isn't gonna be anything do you um do you ever kind of envy your yourself and look at yourself in that kind of um when you were writing that and because you were so blissfully unaware of um what was going to happen do you ever kind of um look at yourself back then and just go fuck i wish i could go back into that mind frame um and Mm. kind of not have to deal with everything we've gone through yeah i definitely have had moments of that you know kind of feeling like ignorance is bliss you know kind of just wishing i could kind of go back to that space but the same token like uh, yeah it's it's also been a good there's been a lot of silver linings in the process of what the pandemic has been so the more that i look back on the experience i kind of have to remind myself to make it glass half full Mm. as hectic and as shit as it was otherwise i end up being exactly like that like god i wish we could just go back to the way it was in that way but you know uh, it, it was an amazing time and and I think the fact that we didn't know all of this could be taken away meant that there was a carefree nature in how we operated with our music, where, where we were on stage. I feel like now our approach has changed somewhat for the better, but I think back then that carelessness is kind of like there was something good in that, you know, so, yeah. Is, um, is that why you put it first on the album? Yeah, I, I no, I think it just was it just it just had the energy of how that song came out in the studio. We just knew when we were recording in the studio, we were like, this is the first song on the record. Like this is the feeling that we want to give people straight away. We've tried so many different times on different records and EPs to like do a warm-up track and get everyone in the mood. And then we we're just like, you know what, for this, like, fuck it. Let's like do it like we do live on the live show and just come out like guns blazing, you know? So and that was kind of it. And and I like it. I'm really proud of it. I love I'm I'm really proud of the order of the album. It took a while to settle on it, but I think it, we we did the right thing. So I think it's also a great order. We'll get we'll get into that a bit later. Um we touched on um how long you guys have been a band before and a lot of the interviews and s- stuff that I'm seeing online and bands that I love um they're dealing with losing members and kind of breaking up for a bit and then coming back together. As we said, you've got a teenage band going on. Um, is there a secret that you kind of have that kind of has worked for you guys for so long? Yeah, I mean, I feel like so much of us has been um, the biggest learning curve that I feel like has, has happened has just been the necessity to communicate and always keep reevaluating how we talk to one another and how we are actually being... Um, you know, accepting of each other's journeys. I, I guess that's one thing I feel like that has been quite special in what we have, what our process has been. We've got a lot of love for each other, but I feel like we've always had to really fit in a lot of like, you know, bigger chats about, you know, accepting that sometimes we're on the same page and sometimes we're not. So I feel like looking back on this past 10, you know, 11 years, 
I feel like so much of it has been about treating each other with respect and also just getting good communication together, which I might say was never the case when we were a young band. It was not the case when we were first starting out at all. Everyone's like bouncing around like a ball in a pinball machine trying to figure out who they are as artists and who they are in relation to the music and who they are in relation to this band and the bigger picture of their life and, you know, their life their life as artists and our lives as musicians and almost outliers in community and, you know, what you know you're not going to probably be earning any superannuation like how did those conversations go back to with your parents and all this sort of stuff so i feel like there's been a big growth period but i feel like the one common denominator has been the consistent priority to be able to talking to one another in a respectful way that honors each other you know but also heads towards the same goal so yeah obviously um being a younger band open communication is just so hard because no one likes being well i shouldn't say no one likes but it's really uncomfortable being open when you're younger oh, for so sure. it's like you're, just, you're sure. just having all these type of conversations and then when that kind of opens up you're like oh fuck if we'd done this years ago it would have been so much easier <laughs> but it's just getting oh, that first God. that first step that's all it takes i think it's so much of it i which i've figured out my personal journey is just an acknowledgement of discomfort Mm. like not everything can be good all the time and that's not a bad thing it's just is literally life so i feel like if we if i could go back to my younger self or if i which i do now i'm doing a bunch of mentoring with younger artists and younger bands and stuff like that it's kind of getting used to the concept of discomfort of being able to say hey i've got i've got this to say and it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable in saying it, but I also know it's really essential for us to get on the same page. Um, let's do it. Bang. So prefacing things, but yeah, just an acknowledgement that's, you know, some things in life, I feel like in order to work with each other, you have to have the courage to be able to sit in that discomfort, to know that you're being true to yourself and then in turn being true to the project because you're being true to yourself. So yeah. And it'll turn out better in the long run anyway. So even if it means you shouldn't be playing music together. You know, that's not such a bad thing. It's just like if you can be true to what that is and then all of a sudden you both realise that you're not in the same place, it's like go and take time apart, like whatever that's going to be, but just kind of be upfront about mm. it. Don't be confrontational, but just be upfront about it. And, and I would have changed, I would have maybe shouted that a little bit louder in my ear if I, was, if I could go back now. So, alas. I mean, how good's hindsight? Incredible. Oh, yeah, so good. Um, so let's good. get into another track. This is Firebreak. This one to me sounds like if Rufus to Soul um, weren't doing uh, like dance music. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Um, Very cool. I like the meaning of this song, kind of not being able to change outcomes and just kind of letting life be life. Um, you've written songs about some pretty serious stuff currently and in the past, um, like miscarriages, friends passing away, that type of stuff. A lot of musicians. St- steer away from this type of stuff they want to do the party life's great that type of stuff why do you steer into it (laughs) it's interesting eh? because i feel like caravan of sun has always been in inverted commas a bit of a party band like we have always been the essence of like we're the band that's like going to close the night out we've got the horns and it's gonna be a mad party but i mean i think so much of my writing is part of it is a huge cathartic nature and having a project and a band that is your your job and your career means that you kind of have to put all your energy and all your eggs in this basket. So I think a lot of the time there was not a lot of question 
why or why not. It was it was just that's the way it had to be in order to exist as an artist in this project for myself. So so I feel like yeah, and I think uh, I always. I, I love melancholy and I love the power in being able to uh, push into things that are a little bit harder to talk about or emotional or things that kind of make me feel and find ways to bottle them and present them as pieces of art that, that create and invoke feeling in a positive way. It's not, I really feel like there's always a twist on a lot of those energies and those feelings. Like take for instance, we have that song called come back and it was about a mate, a mate of ours who passed away and, you know, but now we got like, I realised a couple of years ago we are playing a show in Germany to nearly, I think it was about 6,500 people. And I got to the middle of that song and it breaks down just the acoustic guitar and I start talking about this song's about our mate Jay and all this sort of stuff. But then I realised in, in the ranch and said this and I was like, it's about our mate Jay but it's actually about just the legacy of people that aren't with us anymore. The song then becomes what was predominantly written about something quite sad becomes a, a, an opportunity now for people to acknowledge the people that they love that aren't here anymore and celebrate that feeling. So I feel like not only is it, is it a cathartic nature for me as an artist, but I love the ability of songs to be able to transform really sad, deep, emotional, important things that humans need to go through, but find ways that seem not positive, positive such like a whimsical word, important maybe, maybe like important. Like I feel like that's an important thing to say and frame it in that way for me anyway. So, yeah. Songs that can grow with people as well throughout time. That's, yeah. yeah. That's, um, I, I like that. Leg- cool. Legacy instead of just one person. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it just carries on. It just, it just, so many tunes people have listened to before and come up and gone, I love how you wrote that song about this, this, this and that. And I'm just sitting there and I just smile because I'm like, it is completely not about that, but it's so nice that people take on these different meanings of the songs and you just kind of go like, well, as soon as it's out of this studio, it's not mine anymore. Like you just service it and then, it, and that's a beautiful thing. People get to make it into their own and whatnot. So I love that about music and songs big time. <laughs> when people ask, yeah, you got it on the head. How'd you know? You must've, you must've been in the studio with us when we we're writing it. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's crazy. Hey. Um, the new album, I, I love like I hate odd numbers as well, so I'm glad that there's ten. If an album yes. album should either be ten or twelve, if it's not that, get stuffed. I'm not a fan. Get out yeah. of my life. Um, obviously, listening to the album, there's um, we've done a lot of album breakdowns lately, but that's just because mm. like it's not as prevalent as it was maybe ten, fifteen years ago. It's all EPs or you know little pieces For of music sure. that type of stuff. So an album and no one's. Well, not many people sit down and listen to a whole album anymore. Um, and if you do, you, you've got to set it set apart time, put it in the schedule. Um, this one, if you sit down and actually listen to it, there's so much variety in the genre. Like it's, I kind of see it as like a you've got a top genre, and then it's like a family tree that you kind of just go into different songs. If that makes sense. Great, cool. makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I love that. I love that. It's it's. Um, like obviously I see a lot of different things in this album and it's not just a kind of one genre goes through the whole thing. Is that kind of how you wanted it to feel of like people taking a few things from everything to kind of put this album together? I think for the first time in this record, um, we had no creative constraints on anything. Like we were literally like going from all these different songs and we were thinking about like do we make a reggae album do we make a scar album do we make an, a live album do we like how we do this but i think covid hit and we started recording leave it behind and leave it behind was kind of one of the front runners like rock indie mm. upbeat all the things and then then the pandemic hit 
and all of a sudden writing and recording the album changed for us and it became more um, necessary rather than just something we were doing. So then it meant that every time we went out to the Blue Mountains, we went out there four or five times to the studio for about a week and a half at a time. Before it was, yeah, before it was more about like, this is the project and this is the album. And and it kind of became like, this is our, like, our um, soft place. This is our place that we're going for respite. And this is our cathartic process on processing what's going on outside in this pandemic. So I think to answer your question, I feel like it was a bit strange the end of it for all of us because we're like, well, there's a lot of different sounds and feelings. There is an underlying sound, but I feel like the genre, it definitely goes in a few different sort of ways. So, yeah, we just kind of got to that point and we were like, yeah, instead of it all being one thing, we just had no creative constraints. I wouldn't do that again. Like I love what we did for that record and I love how it sounds. I think it's such a snapshot into where we were at all personally during that time. But I feel like that's that record for us, you know, which is also why we picked the artwork that we did for it as well. It's very like different kind of artwork that's slightly a bit more iconic and very much like that's a thing. This isn't like something that's similar to what we used to do or this is something like this is something that is its own thing, you know. So I, I'm happy with those decisions, you know. The, um, I was thinking about it before. It's like if you played the album like live in front of a thousand people, the crowd would be like in just so many different groups of people. Like you'd have, yeah, you'd have so many different people that loved so many different genres and it'd just be like a kind of just a, a mix of everything in between. Um, so when true. you, um, obviously Blue Mountains is gorgeous, have been out there quite a few times. Um, but if you're going out there to, to write, produce all this type of stuff and you've got to be there for a week and a half and I'm guessing you're in that, you know, that album mindset for, for that long, how do you prepare for something like that? I mean, I think so much of it was, I mean, I mean, the one thing that sticks out was like, we'd go to the shops and buy heaps of food that we wanted, you know, like we'd, we'd go, we'd go, we'd go shopping, like we'd all have our own lives going on and we'd practice and all that sort of stuff and do our own writing at home. I wrote a lot of the tunes like that, one of the tunes off the album, Stella, I'd completely written at home and the boys hadn't heard that song before. And on the drive out there, I, we were supposed to be working on three other tunes. I was like, what do you guys reckon about this? And had that kind of like... And as soon as they heard that piano riff, they were like, oh, my God, this is this is something. And then so we ended up recording that whole track. So that that was a weird preparation that time. But I, getting back to the food thing, like so much of the prep for us was making sure that we were going to be happy with like the food that we were going to have to eat. Like we were excited every day to be cooking up and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that was important for us. So basically have a good menu and you'll get a good album. I, I'm thinking that's, Straight that's, up. that's the way it goes. Definitely. Um, Definitely. I want to move on to Burning Palms. Like, this is the lead track, right? Um, yep. So it's interesting because people usually have the lead track smack bang in the middle or they start off with it. You've put it right yep. down at the bottom and it's it's a lo- it's a longer roller coaster than the rest of the others. Why For put sure. it last? I find it so interesting. We, um, I mean, I think, I think it comes, if, if you hadn't, if we didn't, if that wasn't the title track and it was just a piece of music, 
I feel like it would be last anyway because it was almost in that essence of like we always knew that song was going to be last, you know. But um, because we ended up when we were naming the record, we were like, again, like the album is kind of a bit of an outlier for us. It's like let's push into almost one of the weirder tunes and Burning Palms is also the name of a beach in the Royal National Park. Um, which is where we live near here, near in Sydney. And we kind of went down there and had a beautiful afternoon once and we're like, oh, man, we need to name the record mm. this. So yeah, I think that was the main thing. We just let the music speak and it just so happened that the name of the record was also the last tune on the album, you know, so... Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it is a good finish. I, I, there's so much in that song, and people would look at that it's like mm. a it's a longer song. But when you when you're listening to it, it doesn't feel, you know, like the longest track. It just there's so many elements into it. Ah, that's cool. So that's yeah, yeah. There's a it's a lot of it was live as well. A lot of it we really wanted to create this long epic tune, but we wanted the band to be like we wanted the microphones to be open. We didn't want to edit together a whole bunch of stuff. We were like. We wanted it to feel like we were in a room and we were playing a tune, you know. So that's definitely, I feel like that's where we got to with that one, which is good. Um, I'd like to move on. We're obviously oh, we're coming to the middle of 2022, so that's disgusting yes. already. Um, Crazy. Plans for you guys coming up. I know you're playing Blues Fest, which is awesome. Um, what else you got going on? A tour uh, towards August? Yeah, we've got a tour towards August. We've also just about to announce, I could probably announce it now, but we're going to Europe for about two and a half months, which is going to be lots wow. of fun. Um, we've got like a bunch of shows in Germany and Portugal, the Netherlands and the UK. So we're just kind of piecing all that together at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. It's a lot. It's, it went from like nothing for year, two and a half years to being like the busiest time of all time. So definitely not complaining. But um, but yeah, so you know, we're really excited just to get back on the road and just play and see our friends the whole the whole you know with having a nearly a teenager of a band in that way is that we a lot of connections that we would normally have at home i.e like school friends and all those sort of things like they they slowly drop off for all of us because we have decided to put all of our time and energy into touring over the years so we have we don't have a lot here in sydney but like in portugal i've got basic family there you know and in Broome the same sort of thing like people that we've gone back to time and time again for years now that feel so important to us not only the music of the band but just as people so I feel like it answer to like yeah what are, what are we looking forward to and excited what's exciting like we're just pumped to get back on the road and like go and have saucisson and croissant in Paris with our you know French crew and then go out to you know in Lisbon with all the Portuguese mob and just just looking forward to just touching back in with the people that you feel like I feel like friends and important people in your life a lot of the time for me are mirrors and they help you see yourself in the best possible way. And I feel like all of our mirrors are scattered across the world. And so I'm looking forward to Caravana Sound just getting back into that space and being able to see the people we love, you know. Um, you're obviously touring in a lot of different areas, like you said, going um, mm. Broome um, and then Portugal, obviously uh, two slightly different places. Do, how do you yeah, approach yeah. kind of going to, um, you know, those different type of locations? Is it Do you have the same kind of run through or because it's a different place, a different vibe, do you have to be different? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Portugal and Broome are a perfect example. We'll say like, say the difference between like touring in Portugal or touring in Germany. If Germany says, if you're in um, Cologne and you're playing an open air festival or whatever, and they're like, your set is going to be from 4.30 to 5.30 and catering is at 1.30 and you're staying here and the airport transfer is here, you will almost be able to guarantee like to the absolute second 
that they will be there at those times to put you on stage, to pick you up for the airport transfer. Like everything will be running like clockwork, crazy, crazy good. You go to Portugal and it's almost the exact opposite where it's like you you go there and like, oh, you'll start at this time. And all of a sudden it's like you start at 9 p.m. You're like 10 p.m., like 11 p.m. So many times we started festivals there at 4.30 in the morning and like, but I mean, and, and one is not better than the other. Like Portugal's got so many amazing things about what that then allows, like being so loose, you get to have these other experiences and flexi things. And then what Germany being so strict doesn't necessarily mean it's less of a vibe. It just means that you have things that are a bit more controlled. And then so everything's got its own way. So I feel like you have to prepare for it. And over the years, we hadn't. We had to just learn the hard way of being like, what time What time did they say the gig was? 9.30? Wait, where are we? Portugal? It's like, okay, cool. We'll see you guys in like three hours. You know, so. So, yeah, you get to learn those little ones. Is that like, like I like being organized. I don't, I don't like mm. being late. So does that mean like your mindset has to instantly change? For sure. Yeah, otherwise you just get so frustrated. You get so pissed off. Like you have to be so patient and willing. I mean, it's, it's kind of what a lot of the music business or the performing and entertainment business is, is like hurry up and wait. Like that's literally what they say all the time. Like get there, get there, get there. Now wait for a couple hours. So if you're not used to being able to just like, pull out your notepad and do some writing or get a hacky sack and kick it or go quickly down to the beach. Like it's got to be this real acceptance of, of what that is of the lifestyle, no sleep, all those sort of things, which I'm fine with. Like I love all that shit. Like I really do. Reminds you know? me of like um, going on holidays as a kid. It's like dad wants you at the airport at four, but your flight's yeah. at eight o'clock. So you just got to sit around for three right. hours. That's kind of what it sounds like. And that is me. That is me in a nutshell. I will get there so early, but I love flying. And I love playing, so it's fine. Um, last question. It's um, one of our favorites here because we do get some interesting answers. Um, if you could achieve one thing in 2022, could be personal, could be musical, um, what would it be? We've had um, Pond are uh, doing gardening um methyl yep. ethyl uh um doing a learning a piece of music from beethoven um but wow. then we've also had like getting a driver's license so um okay sure there's the sure. spectrum so what was it yeah okay so it's one thing i would like to get done in 2022 yep. by the end of yep. the year can be right up to new year's eve eleven fifty nine. oh my gosh this is blowing my mind okay I've surfed my whole life, mm-hmm. right? I've been in the ocean my whole life. Not standing up on a surfboard, but like lying down on a bodyboard most of the time. Growing up surfing reefs and really big waves and getting in the barrel and a bodyboard and having these amazing experiences with whales, all this sort of stuff. But I've never stood up in a, in a barrel. So if anyone that is surfing, you know, when yeah. you go into the – you surf normally and then you get into the wave and then it tubes over the top of you and – and I've never literally done wow. that. Like I've like, I, and I surf now quite a lot. I lived in Byron for the past six years and I have a really long board that's like nine foot long. And it's like a long board, old school board. But like, I think by the end of 2022, I would like love to like stand up on a surfboard and pull into something a bit dangerous and gnarly and then have the wave barrel and then me come out of the wave. I feel like I'd be like, you'd have so, to get that on camera, so but Oh, imagine. Do, um, do you know Ben from Slowly Slowly by any chance? I'm not sure if I do. I know the band, but I don't know Ben personally. No. Well, he came on and he wants to do the exact same thing. No way. So maybe maybe when you're over in Melbourne or um, when they're on the yeah, Sydney tour yeah. or something, just be like, mate, we've got the same goal. Let's do it. We're going to get barreled. You know what? We could even meet up at the wave pool in Melbourne. Maybe we should do that. I should contact him and be like, because if he's in Melbourne, I've always wanted to go that wave pool. Even if it's an artificial wave, I don't really care. 
but like maybe we could like make it make a day out of it yeah that sounds good I think that would be cool. And if you if you both suck, then that's fine because you both suck. So that's okay. He's he's um Straight he's up. only started recently, so that was a COVID thing for him. But that's cool. If it happens, love, breaking throughs brought it together. Um, and from Caravan Sun, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And um, hope the tour goes well. Hope Blues first goes well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. To keep up to date with all things breaking through, make sure to check out our socials.